0: This is Jay Baer, co-author of Talk Triggers, the complete guide to creating customers with word of mouth, and you are listening to The Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to The Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's
1: your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast, which is named by LinkedIn as one of 10 podcasts that will make you a better marketer. My goal for this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's actually working in the quickly changing field of modern marketing and sales. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything linkable in this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And since you're a listener to the Marketing Book Podcast, if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or some other helpful resource that I know of for whatever situation you find yourself in, just connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat and I'll try to point you in the right direction. Also, I'd like to thank our sponsor Blinkist. Blinkist is an app that takes the key insights from the best nonfiction books and distills them into a format that you can read or listen to in just a few minutes on your smartphone. Several of the books featured on the Marketing Book Podcast are on Blinkist. You can sign up for free at Blinkist.com slash MarketingBookPodcast. Blinkist is spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, and if you opt for the paid version, you'll get an additional 20% off, but only if you go to Blinkist.com slash MarketingBookPodcast. I also have a link to it at MarketingBookPodcast.com. I'll have more on Blinkist in a few minutes. And now, on with the show! Today we welcome Jay Bear back to the Marketing Book podcast for the third time to talk about the new book he has authored with Daniel Lemon, Talk Triggers: The Complete Guide to Creating Customers with Word of Mouth, published by Portfolio Penguin. Jay Bear helps businesses clone their customers. He has created five multimillion-dollar companies and is a seventh-generation entrepreneur. He is the president of Convince & Convert, a consulting firm that helps the world's most iconic brands like the United Nations, Nike, 3M, and Oracle use technology to win new customers and keep the customers they've already earned. Also, convinceandconvert.com is the world's number one content marketing blog. A New York Times bestselling author of five books, Jay is the host of the award-winning Social Pros Podcast. And interesting facts, he is also an avid tequila collector and a certified barbecue judge, and he recommends you enjoy both while reading Talk Triggers. Jay, congratulations on Talk Triggers, and welcome back to the Marketing Book Podcast.
0: Thank you, my friend. I actually recommend that you enjoy tequila and some smoked meat while listening to this fine program.
1: Well, thank you very much. Thank you. If I, then I might have to have some scotch on my part, and uh, then we'll all. You, really- you
0: are you are the audio cliff notes for the modern marketing generation.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much. I love doing it. Um, so, Jay Bear, you were recently inducted into the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame. And I was. You were with uh, a couple other folks that have been on the podcast that I've had the honor to interview, like Scott Stratton and uh, Bob Berg. And uh, just last week on the podcast uh, was uh, Shep Hyken, or two weeks oh, ago, fantastic. Shep Hyken, who's a member of that. But Jay Bear today is also a special day because you are being inducted into an even more exclusive group. You are being inducted into the marketing book podcast, Three Timers Club. Along with the likes of David Merman Scott, Joe Polizzi, Dory Clark, Mark Schaefer, and Jeb Blunt, and this will entitle you to discounts on tequila and smoked meat.
0: Fantastic. I'll take you up on that next time I'm in the Commonwealth of Virginia. <laughs> okay.
1: So, great. And I, I should say, you were the, the one of the very, very first uh, guests on the marketing book podcast and so I've always been grateful for the the support you've lent and the books you've written. And
0: my what- pleasure. Well, you know, Talk Triggers is my sixth book. So I think I've missed three episodes somewhere. So uh- I you know, I some, somehow Somehow, I totally dropped the ball. Uh, you know, I could've had my own category. All right. I'm gonna follow up with you on that. Okay, we'll go well, back and do some old ones.
1: Yeah, well, we could. Um but, uh, you know, listening to your podcast over the years was part of the inspiration for me starting uh, this Thank podcast. You. and And I should also say that when I interviewed at the very beginning, you said one of the nicest things at the end of the interview, you said, this is such a great idea for a podcast, and I thought, boy, maybe maybe this is going to work out. So, <laughs> well, and it certainly has.
0: Thank you for all that you do for the marketing community. It really is a treasure and a service, and you're you're such a well prepared host, which is uh, I know something that you could could think of no other way to do it, but it is uh, it is noticed and it is uh, unusual. So, thank oh, you for what man, you
1: do. And now the pressure's on. Um, so, <laughs> Jake,
0: but you know, actually, have you ever thought about this? And maybe you've done this. And if so, I apologize for not picking up on it. Have you ever? gone back and said hey let's reread a marketing book that maybe you talked about 4 or 5 years ago to see how it holds up because it's such an interesting thought right when you write marketing books um, uh, in many cases, although Talk Triggers is definitely not this, but many of my other books have been, you're like, okay, this is a snapshot in time about content marketing or social media marketing or whatever. And that snapshot in time is temporal by definition. And then you wonder like, okay, if somebody gets this book uh, in a library you know, in in 2029, are they going to be like, what are you talking about? So th- I think there are some business books, marketing books that kind of stand the test of time, either intentionally or unintentionally, and some that don't, again, either intentionally or unintentionally. So I just ever wondered if you ever thought about saying, all right, Let's go, let's go back and talk about some books that were published four or five years ago and see if it still makes sense.
1: Oh, interesting. I had not thought of that. It did occur to me when I saw uh, last week at Content Marketing World, uh, not just you, but also uh, several other guests that have been on the podcast, and one of them was Andy Crestodina. And I have yeah. inter- I've interviewed him about his book, Content Chemistry, which was one of mm-hmm. my favorite content marketing books. Yeah. And he told me, you know what, we've added a hundred more pages to that, and sure enough, yeah. He sent. Uh, I got back from Cleveland. There was the book right on my desk, and I thought, you know, that might be an interesting one to, to do a second time. So I don't know. Yes. there's, there's uh, you know, there, there's a uh, certain pleasure and uh, uh, joy in rereading books. So why not, you know, just reinterview some some folks. So maybe we can get you up uh, further than the, the three
0: times. <laughs> I'm okay. I, I'm perfectly okay. ok. Thank
1: you for the uh, the privilege
0: of being in a very select uh, group and and thank you for acknowledging the the Hall of Fame thing that was uh, it was really special, uh, especially to to be inducted with uh, with Scott and Bob and a lot of other people I treasure. it's a it's a it's a really interesting group because you know when you get in the Hall of Fame, you feel like it's a kind of a lifetime achievement award. Yet everybody who's in the group is still, most of them are still speaking actively. So it's like, I'm not dead yet. Uh, and and it's a neat one because the only way you get into that group is to be voted in by the other living members of the Hall of Fame. So there's no oh, really- me- there's no media vote or fans or anything like that. It's you know it's speakers inducting other speakers and so that makes it pretty special.
1: Yeah, it's just it It really is a a very big deal, and I've been able to see you keynote a a few places. And
0: recently, I just saw you recently, which was terrific.
1: That's right. I was uh, in the audience at uh, Content Marketing World when you. I got to watch your Talk Triggers talk. And uh, hey, that way
0: you didn't have to read the book is a big time saver for you.
1: (laughs) I went ahead and read it anyway. (laughs) But parts of it I was able to really uh, uh, read even more quickly because I knew some of the stories in there. But also, you and Daniel put in a number of very, very funny lines in this book, and I hope everyone slows down to catch them. A lot of them about uh, bands. Uh, it's and, so and, funny and, you picked <laughs> up on that.
0: You're the only person who I've talked about the book yet. Literally, the only person. This is what I mean by you being such a careful and, and thoughtful host. You're the only one who's asked me the question, the only one who's picked up on it. Uh, and and I used to be a DJ back in the day, like a long time ago. Oh. And and so I always uh, have, uh, you know, sometimes my, my mind goes to little musical references. And so when I started writing, I just tossed in, you know, here or there a couple of lines, and then our early editor, uh, Christina Pater, who works with uh, with me and Daniel on on sort of early stage, she's a screenwriter by trade, uh, early stage kind of book formation stuff, was like, man, you guys should lean into this skid. And so she picked <laughs> up on it and said, okay, we should just do it. And so then we, we made sure that every chapter has at least one line about bands or music, and they're all just sort of tossed in there, right? It's not like, you know, here's the drum roll, uh, no pun intended. It's just sort of like a subtle jab. It was a, like a rim shot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, So thank I you for noticing.
1: I didn't realize it was everyone, but you talked about Every oh, chapter they, has at least one line. Oh, it was very, very funny. Um, and uh, speaking of funny, though, uh, when I was watching your keynote at Content Marketing World, I was sitting in the same row as um, uh, Scott Monty, and uh, he yeah. was thrown in a, a, a a toy alpaca, and then he helped you present, uh, or he 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 did some of the audience participation for you. There was one part of your talk which we may or may not have time to get to, but you had me laughing so hard, and maybe I was the only one that caught the joke, but <laughs> other people around me, like all these nice people from the Netherlands, were sitting in front of me, and they were turning around, like, "What is this guy okay?" Like they were worried about me. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I
0: appreciate you being a a great audience member uh, (laughs) as well. We should probably say for context that the reason that Scott Monty was holding a toy alpaca is that the cover of the book, Uh, features alpacas talking to one another. The book itself is hot pink. Uh, The the book is about word of mouth. And so Daniel and I thought, well, geez, if you're going to publish a book about word of mouth, the book itself should probably look a little different, feel a little different. And so it is very, very pink. It is very, very alpaca laden. The website is also very alpaca laden. uh, So it is kind of a theme now. Daniel, I do not do this on stage. Daniel has a giant, full-sized, inflatable alpaca that he uses on stage when he talks about the the book. Uh, I have not quite gone to that.
1: Oh month. wow. Interesting. Uh and thank you for saying it's an inflatable alpaca as opposed to a blow-up <laughs>
0: <laughs> alpaca. Customs is really tricky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know what? I read I thought I read this book pretty carefully. I didn't know why you all had alpacas on the cover, but doggone it, now we're talking about it. I'm on to you, Jay Bear and Daniel Lemon. See? So, See? Jay, over the last couple of years you've sent some great authors my way and I really appreciate you letting them know oh, about pleasure. the podcast. And one of them was none other than Daniel Lemon your co-author, yes. who wrote *Manipulated*, And I still am talking about that book with so many people. It's a book all about online reviews, which, folks, it's a fact of life. It's a fact of business life. You've got to deal with those. And I have, as we talked in our interview, my brothers and I inherited this beach house in Florida, which we is managed and it's rented out. And uh, I've bought a couple of that books to send to the management company. They're really keen on all this. But I said, "Look what you're doing, you're doing. This is exactly what Daniel Lemon says to do. so it was uh, it's a very important right. book, and it's the only one I've had it is. out of about 200 that's that's about those online uh, reviews. So Jay, tell us the story of how this book came to be and and why you and Daniel wrote it.
0: All, all the books that I have written have fundamentally come from the same place, which is questions that our consulting clients ask. So when I wrote utility, it was about how do we get more attention and how do we do better content marketing. When I wrote hug your haters, it was about you know how do we handle uh, online complaints and Twitter and Facebook and and that became a whole thing. And this time we kept getting all these questions from from customers about geez, it's so hard to break through now. It's so hard to get attention and how much money should we be spending on advertising and. And, and we sort of came to the conclusion, like, yes, that is all part of the game, but the best way to grow any business, large or small, B2B, B2C, is for the customers to do that growing for you. And so we started to do some consulting work with brands around... Creating a word of mouth generator building an intentional story that customers would pass along from one to another Uh, and Daniel and I worked together to create this system which became um, the talk triggers kind of six step process and then we built a a whole book around it Daniel and I've worked together for a long time at convince and convert so it's it's you know it's funny. Word of mouth has been around since the first caveman sold a rock to another caveman, but yet now, in this era of social media and ratings and reviews and other ways that consumers can make recommendations to one another, I feel like it's more relevant and more timely than ever.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, let's back up just a minute. The introduction to the book was written by Ted Wright, who mm-hmm. is the author of Fizz. He's been on the Marketing yes. podcast. and. I must say it was a bit of a barn burner, and I want to ask you about just a couple things he said before we get to the other parts sure. of the book that I think the listeners are really going to enjoy, and he says that, um, you know, everyone's talked about influencer marketing. It's, a, it's become a buzzword. It's very important, but he says real influencers rarely need to be paid. In fact, most of them can't be bought. It's a mm-hmm. failure of our profession that so many marketers still don't get that. And he also goes on to say that marketers are being duped by the influencer industrial complex. And that is uh, now, now it's as dangerous a time for word of mouth marketing as ever. What's he talking about there?
0: It's funny, Andy Cernovitz, who who wrote uh, the book on, on word of mouth marketing called word of mouth marketing, um, is also interviewed in Talk Triggers and, and says some similar things that along the way, we started to sort of combine or conflate social media and influencer marketing worth word of mouth. And, and they're not the same thing. What Ted's talking about is brands saying, well, instead of us doing something different, instead of brands adopting a talk trigger that gets noticed and gets passed along from a regular customer to another regular customer every single day, year after year, let's instead try and shortcut that process. And let's go find some people who have disproportionate numbers of followers, find people who have disproportionate quote unquote influence, and let's pay them to use our toothpaste. Let's pay them to stay at our hotel. And and that seems like a faster, easier, more transactional, more measurable and trackable way of achieving the same objective but it's it's temporal and people see through that and and paying somebody to to use your toothpaste is not the same as somebody wanting to use your toothpaste and so uh he feels like this this idea of going out and and finding influencers and paying them really is the exact opposite of of what true word of mouth should be and i don't disagree
1: it reminds me of gary Vaynerchuk's line maybe many others too marketers ruin everything (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so. well i I don't know if I yes and I'm familiar with that line, but I think it's more I think it's more I would say this way marketers turn everything into a media buy because it takes less time
1: right right and I think there was another part either in his intro and in the book where you talked about marketers are just more comfortable dealing with media buyers than they are with customers sure especially now now it didn't used to be that way like you know you and I are old enough to remember
0: that that back in the day before we had all these reports and systems and and software, I believe marketers knew their customers a lot better in those days because they had no other choice, right? There was there was no analog for that. There was no, let me run uh, a customer journey analysis and a funnel report and get a feel for what customers are doing. You had to actually go talk to customers and observe them. My, my boss in my very first company, I was just an intern, I was 17 years old, uh, working at an agency, and he said, no good marketing happens at your desk and and that really stuck with me.
1: Mm, no truer words. But let's think about the listener who's sitting there listening to this, maybe they're driving or maybe they're sitting in traffic with their arms crossed thinking, "Yeah, oh, gosh, what is this word of mouth? Uh, what is it?" And and let's lay bare. I mean, does it does it really work? It does. End of show. Preach. No, we (laughs) need we need facts. We need figures. We need that that, that right brain person to understand this.
0: Here's the part that's that's crazy still. And 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 when we wrote this book, it was like, wow, this is remarkable. Between depends on your type of business, but between 50 and 91 percent of all purchases are influenced by word of mouth. That is an extraordinary amount of business. And I don't know that anybody would argue that. Nobody listening is going to say, nah, what my customers say about us isn't important. They
1: believe the advertising more though, right?
0: They do not, as it turns out. Uh, The the other data that we just reported, which was just released today, a a new research report called Chatter Matters, which is a a companion to the book, found that advertising is the seventh most persuasive form of getting somebody to buy something. Uh, But it certainly is the most well-funded. But it is not the most effective, uh, which is perhaps unsurprising. So word of mouth is 50 to 91% of your whole business. Yet, and here's the part that is still crazy, nobody has a strategy for it. Nobody has... A word of mouth strategy.
1: Like, I think you said less than 1% of companies might even.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, and, and even that, we just did it because you don't want to be absolute in a book, <laughs> right. but really it's nobody. So you've got a marketing strategy, probably have a digital strategy, you got a content marketing strategy, a social media strategy, a PR strategy, HR strategy. You've got all these strategies, but nobody has a word of mouth strategy. Yet, word of mouth represents more business than any of those other things. And it's because. We have for thousands of years, literally thousands of years, taken word of mouth for granted. We just assume that our customers will talk about us, but will they? And if so, what What do they say? So what we're trying to do with this book, and, and it's very specifically set up as a system that any business can follow, what we're trying to do with Talk Triggers is say, here is a way to reliably do word of mouth on purpose instead of what you've been doing, which is word of mouth on accident.
1: Mhm mhm. And uh, just to a call back to the uh, album uh, joke, you, you say word of mouth is perhaps the most effective and cost-effective way to grow any company. Yet we often take it for granted like free coffee refills or another U2 album. Indeed. <laughs> so, indeed. <laughs> and you know, hey, I like I like the U2, but uh, I they, do too.
0: But they, yes, they seem to be more and more <laughs> prolific over time, which is right. probably uh, a, a bad sign.
1: Okay, so have to ask What then is a talk trigger?
0: I'm glad you asked. It's a good question considering the book is called that. And this is where it's ironic that we're on the Marketing Book Podcast because it's not really marketing, not in the way that we think it is.
1: That's very important. Very important. It's not marketing. It's not a stunt either.
0: Not a stunt. A talk trigger is a strategic operational choice that you make in your business that compels word of mouth. It's something that you select to do differently. It's not something that you say differently. It's something that you offer differently that customers notice and then pass along to their friends, bringing you the next generation of customers at little or no cost. So a talk trigger is not a promotion. It's not a contest. It's not a coupon. It's not a slogan. It is an operational differentiator that then produces marketing advantages. But it's not marketing in the classic sense.
1: And if it's something that marketing folks came up with all by themselves, it seems like it's not very likely to be a talk trigger because you're not involving the operational element of the business.
0: That and also marketers tend to, especially today, want to do two things that are uh, the antithesis of a talk trigger. One, marketers tend to want to make it too big and say, boy, it's sure hard to break through these days competition is, is is fierce it's hard to get attention so let's do something crazy and gigantic and and that's often um works against you. And the second thing is marketers tend to want to do a series of one-offs instead of something that pays off every single day, like a a slot machine. They want to do a big campaign. And that's kind of what Ted was talking about in the forward, right? There's all these influencer marketing campaigns Mm -hmm. where let's go buy somebody's loyalty for three weeks. Ah, That's not what we're talking about here. Uh, A a talk trigger should be in in place ideally forever, right? It's not what we're going to do in the second quarter. It's what we're going to do differently forever. And that's a big difference than how most marketers think.
1: Also, in your book, you talk about how um one of the tenets of talk triggers is that same is lame, very mm-hmm. important. Can you explain what you mean by that and why that is so prevalent in the business world well i don't I don't know everybody listening, but I know
0: some of you for sure and and I know this for a fact: nobody listening right now has ever said, "Hey, let me tell you about this perfectly adequate experience I just had." <laughs>
1: Right? Well, it's just not. Maybe if the airline got me there when they were supposed to. With <laughs> yeah, you're, you're my bags.
0: surprised. Yeah, surprised. <laughs> Very low bar to clear. We are physiologically wired as people to talk about things that are different, to discuss different, and we ignore things that are average. And so if you want to give your customers a story to tell, which is all a talk trigger is, it's a consistent story that you feed your customers to tell. If you want to do that, and you do want to do that, trust me that story is going to be much more successful if the customer and their friends do not expect it. Yet in business, we're all guilty of this, of playing follow the leader of saying, well, who's the quote unquote best company in our category, in our industry, in our circumstance, what are they doing? And how can we mimic their general success or or mimic elements of their business? And this idea of playing follow the leader is very psychologically safe, Mm -hmm. but it certainly doesn't produce any word of mouth because what you're doing is exactly what the other guy's doing. And
1: no one's going to talk about that. It's, it's interesting. And also just to be a little meta here, uh, in the podcast world, I see, I I know of so many podcasters out there who basically try to ask every question that John Lee Dumas or uh, Tim Ferriss ask. <laughs> so there's right. just this right. proliferation proliferation of questions like, Jay, if you could talk to your 20 year old self, what would <laughs> what would you tell? Right, and right. My, my answer to that is. Uh, don't listen to old guys um, talking to me when I'm 20. <laughs> right. Buy Apple stock would have been what I would say. <laughs> right, sure. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, but, but you're not going to listen anyway. That's right. We're going to take a break here so I can tell you more about how Blinkist can help your career. Listening to the Marketing Book Podcast says more about you than you may realize. In addition to being physically attractive... Seriously, I've met many of you and you are a very attractive audience. It also means that you're curious and serious about your business success and you enjoy learning new things. And your interest in learning also means you're either successful or will be because all the research indicates that big learners are big Earners. Plus, with all the changes happening in marketing and sales, continuous learning is crucial. But there's only so much time and you need to manage it carefully. And unless you're, say, the host of the Marketing Book Podcast, you may not be set up to read a book every week. That's where Blinkist can really be a time saver and a career booster. Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, is a smartphone app that takes the key insights from over 2,000 best-selling nonfiction books and distills them into a format that you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes or less. Instead of having to wade through hundreds of pages of a book, spending hours reading each book like I do every week, you can go through two books in 30 minutes – and the books that are on Blinkist are really top-notch, including several books that have been featured on the Marketing Book Podcast, including The New Rules of Marketing and PR by David Merriman Scott, Perennial Seller by Ryan Holiday, Epic Content Marketing by Joe Polizzi, Everybody Writes by Anne Hanley, Hug Your Haters by Jay Bear, and many, many more. It took me hours to read those books, but you can get smart audio summaries of each one in just 15 minutes. Blinkist has been selected as one of the best apps by Forbes, New York Times, and BuzzFeed, amongst others, and it's used by over 1 million people. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer for Marketing Book Podcast listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash Marketing Book Podcast right now, today, to start your free trial or get 20% off your yearly plan when you join. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com/slash/marketingbookpodcast to start your free trial or get twenty percent off your yearly plan. I recommend getting the yearly plan. That's what I did, and getting twenty percent off because you're going to want to keep it anyway. But don't worry because there's a thirty day money back guarantee, no questions asked. Go to Blinkist.com/slash/marketingbookpodcast, and that means you're going to be letting them know that you support the Marketing Book Podcast and that you want that discount. You'll get the free version or twenty percent off your annual plan. I also have a link to it at marketingbookpodcast.com. It's a great, inexpensive, and very smart investment in your professional development and career. And now back to the show. There is a great uh, organization to your book, and I'm talking about the the four five six approach, hmm. which is that there are four elements of every talk trigger. And this is based on a lot of research you all did. And then there's five types of talk triggers. Pick one, maybe. And then there's, what's interesting is there's six, back to your process, there are six steps to building that talk trigger. Now, we don't have time for all of that. uh, But talk to us about the four R's, which Mm -hmm. are the elements of a, a talk trigger. You know, the first one is remarkable and that's where you talk about how operational competence alone is <laughs> really not enough to spur chatter, but yet a lot of companies think it is.
0: Yeah, we we make this assumption in business that that competency creates conversation. That the secret to word of mouth is to be a good company, but that doesn't really work because all your competitors are good as well. So why are they going to talk about you? Um, it's like you know if you're an, if you're an electric utility, no one's going to be like, hey, and guess what happened, man? <laughs> I uh, I turn on this light switch and and illuminated Right. Like no one's gonna be like it's not surprising at all, right? It's not, it's not interesting or different. One of the things that we talk a lot about in the step-by-step process is you have to understand your customers' expectations. Like what do they expect to happen at every touch point? Because once you know what they expect, you can give them something they don't expect. And that delta between what they expect and what they don't expect is your talk trigger, right? So it absolutely has to be remarkable, meaning worthy of remark, right? That's the whole idea here is it's we're creating remarks, we're creating conversation. Uh talk trigger has to be reasonable. So as I mentioned, you don't want it to be too big. Talk trigger has to be repeatable. And this is an important one, I think, especially for marketers, because we, we, we like to rely these days on surprise and delight. I'm sure many listeners are familiar with that term where you take one customer in one circumstance and you do something big, bold, dynamic, interesting for them, for that one customer in the hope that that person shares it in social media and it goes viral.
1: Is that like where a hotel has a live panda?
0: That's right sometimes sometimes you check into your hotel room and there's a live panda bear in there with a eucalyptus tree and the whole thing, right? and uh, that's that's very um outside your frame of expectations. and the idea is that you then you go on Facebook or Twitter or Reddit or whatever you're like there's a t- there's a live panda in my room <laughs> uh, and and then your friends are gonna comment on it. it's gonna go viral. And it's gonna get picked up by the traditional media and it's you're gonna get all this free attention and 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 that may work,
1: but it only works for a while. That's the part that had me laughing so hard. And I don't know why, (laughs) except that I I just envisioned going back to my hotel room that night.
0: (laughs) What's funny is that that was the first time I'd ever talked about that. Oh, really? Yeah, I just made that up.
1: Oh, you made it up on the spot. Well, uh, and I just thought, you know, it seems like a panda could also kill you. (laughs)
0: That's right. They're actually less uh, gentile. No, gentle, not gentile. Gentle. That's different. Less, less, less gentle Oy. Than, uh, than than people than people think, or so I've been told. Uh, but we we do a lot of the surprise and delight now because in the social media era, the thought is, well, let's do something, and then it'll get shared and passed around. And and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying that surprise and delight is not a strategy surprise and delight is not a talk trigger surprise and delight can work but it's going to work over a short period of time because once the once the wave of shock and awe about the live panda bear passes you know, what, what what are you left with mm-hmm. so uh, you know surprise and delight is a lottery ticket
1: not right. a strategy right well let's go back to remarkable what's an example of uh of remarkable you've already explained what remarkable is not but what what's an example maybe a company out there that has something that's sure. that's remarkable and,
0: one of my favorite stories and you, you probably heard me say it um, in Cleveland is uh, because it's it's just it's an easy one to to see how it works is a a small restaurant called Skip's Kitchen in Sacramento, California. And Skip's is a counter service restaurant, so you go to the counter and you order your food at the menu board. You want two patty melts and a, and an onion rings and a chocolate shake and then when your food's ready, they bring it out to your table. Pretty simple. Well, Skips has been in business for 10 years. They have never spent a single penny on advertising. And I'm sure you've talked about on this show the the saying that advertising is a tax on the unremarkable. And there's some truth to to that, uh, especially in the word of mouth world. So they've never bought, bought any advertising. They were just named the 29th best hamburger restaurant in the country by USA Today newspaper. And the reason they are so successful, in addition to having good food, is their talk trigger. So the way it works, Douglas, is you you place your order, you go to the counter. Before you give them any money, they say, wait just a minute, we have something for you to do. They pull out a deck of cards from underneath the counter and they fan the cards face down in front of you. And they say, pick a card. And you select a card. And if you get the Joker, your entire meal is free whether you've ordered just for yourself or for an entire baseball team. On average, three people per day win. And when they win, they go crazy. They're taking patty melt selfies. They're calling their mom. They're putting reviews on Yelp and TripAdvisor. A high school marching band comes out and plays a song. You know, there's a gong. It's like a whole thing. And everybody talks about it. Now, you don't have to win for that to be a talk trigger. You have to be given the chance to win, which everybody is, and in Sacramento, it's so effective that that they have a giant sign, big neon sign says Skip's Kitchen. But in Sacramento, most people call it that joker restaurant.
1: <laughs> right.
0: It's an operational. Now, that's not marketing, right? It's an operational choice. Every time somebody pays, we play this little game. It's an operational decision that creates manifest marketing advantages.
1: And he didn't come up with it right off the bat. It was something that he developed and thought about and, and then worked. And now they do it for everybody. And if I'm not mistaken, the very first time he tried it, the, the, the two women, they won.
0: Yes. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes. that, that's how you know. That's how you know you're on something. He tried first time. He's just like randomly, okay, let me just see how this works. Two ladies come in. Skip Wall is his name. He's a terrific guy. And, uh, and he's like, let's just see how this works. Pick a card. First person out the box wins. He's like, well, that's a It's a sign.
1: Yeah, this is going to be expensive. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, well, that's well you didn't know, right? I mean, you can kind of do the math on it and figure out, okay, what are the chances? Here's a funny story, though. I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but what's crazy about it is it's only nine seats, right? They only have nine tables in the restaurant. And and what they do with the cards, if you don't get the Joker, they give you the card. So you get the eight of clubs, right? And you put it on a little stand on your table. So when your burgers are to like eight of clubs, and they bring it to your table. So they put eight of clubs on your, on your ticket for the kitchen. Well, it, when they do that, right, so if, if a bunch of people don't win in a row, you've got eight of clubs, four of hearts, you know, jack of diamonds all out on the floor. So when you go to pick your card, you don't have 53 cards to choose from, right? You've got 44 because all the other ones are out there. So the odds are better. So people who eat there all the time, let other people cut in front of them in the line <laughs> so that their odds are better, that so their odds are better when they pick the card, which to me feels a little, I don't know, I, I don't, it's just, it seems a little bit outside the spirit of the of the law, but the fact that people are so into it that they'll do that is like, no, no, please, you go ahead. Everybody's Canadian there. No, please, you go ahead. You go right. ahead. Right. And so
1: it's pretty great. Well, let's talk a little bit about the second R, which is relevant. And I want you to yes. explain what, what really crystallizes it for me, very beginning of the chapter, is talking about iPads, giving iPads oh. away. What? <laughs> explain that. And-
0: and You remember these days, i bet a lot of listeners do. So when the iPad first came out, I, I got one right when it first came out and I spent like four hours in an airport one day just doing demos for like airport employees because it was like, you know, it's hard to remember it now because it's so part of our lives. But back then it was it was a magic trick. But right? airport it was employees,
1: insane. airport employees are probably some of your closest friends, Jay.
0: Well, yeah, there's some truth to that. Um, so it it was crazy, right? And so it, it was such a remarkable piece of technology that nobody had ever seen before. That what happened was for about an 18 month period, every business of every size, shape, and description, every time there was some sort of a giveaway, a chamber of commerce mix, or whatever, the deal was put your uh, put your business cards in a fishbowl. It was good times for fishbowl manufacturers. Put your business card in a fishbowl, uh, and we're gonna take one out, and the winner is gonna get an iPad. Like the the only prize given away in any B two B setting for 18 months was an an iPad. Right. Uh, and then it became an Apple watch and then it became like an Amazon, you know, echo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the idea is why would you spend that kind of time, money, resources to, to, to hold out there as the carrot, something that has nothing to do with your business at all. So your, your talk trigger needs to make sense in the context of who you are And and what you're about. So one of the key case studies in the book is from Doubletree Hotels. And as you know, and many people know, Doubletree Hotels gives you a warm chocolate chip cookie when you check in. Now, we did a huge research project on this specific case study and found that 34% of DoubleTree's customers have talked about that cookie uh, without being asked about it. Has to, just told somebody uh, in, in the last couple of months. So it's a huge word of mouth generator. It's one of the reasons why you don't see many ads from DoubleTree because the cookie is the ad. Well, We have another case study in the book from a locksmith. His name is Jay Sofer in Manhattan. And Jay, uh, after he fixes your locks, oils all your locks and then does a security audit of your premise for free, which is a very nice thing for a lock. Smith to do that is his talk trigger. Now talking to about relevancy. Imagine this scenario, Douglas. So imagine you have Jay Sofer come to fix your locks, and after he fixes your locks, he says, "Hey, would you like a warm chocolate chip cookie I made in my locksmith van?" <laughs> You're Like, yeah. Um, no, not not at all. Do I want that? That that completely freaks me out. Um, you know that that doesn't. It just it's incongruent, right? But a chocolate chip cookie for Doubletree, whose whole positioning of their brand is warm welcome yeah that that makes sense right so you want to make sure that your talk trigger uh when people tell the story the listener of that story isn't like what i don't understand what you're talking
1: about yeah total total disconnect it's uh, it's relevant to your core business uh, yes. and i think it sometimes you know, i can just imagine brainstorming sessions around a company conference table and there's lots of great ideas but almost all of them are 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 not relevant. That's to your- how you get. That's how you get the live panda bear in your hotel
0: room <laughs> right, idea, right? right? It's like, does it create conversation? Yeah, but <laughs> to what end? It's like back in the day, a long time ago, when I used to do a lot of uh, SEO work for clients. You know, I, I'd always make this joke, but there's a lot of truth to it. I'd say, uh, I, you know, I, I can guarantee you'll be number one in Google if I can pick the search term, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You know, because if if like, hey, uh, we're going to be number one for, uh, you know, pink elephant. Like, got it. I can do that. I know I can do that, right? So if if all you care about is conversation, that's easy. But it has to be conversation with a purpose, which in this case is conversation that breeds new customers. And, and, and it really helps if it's relevant.
1: Yes, and almost everyone listening, at least those in the U.S., I think, uh, today at work, you're going to get a call from somebody saying, Hey, uh, this is Google, and it's not really Google. Uh, we'll get you on the first page. Then you need to, to borrow the J-Bear line and say, Sure, can I pick? Or you know. Yeah, I'll pick the search term. I'll I'd like to be number term. one
0: at i like to be number one for insurance. Thanks.
1: Right, right. We'll okay. So the next one is reasonable. Again, yeah. takes some judgment, but it can't be – give us an example of a, a something that's so grand that it just causes distrust amongst customers.
0: Oh, you see this – you know where you see this most often in my estimation is travel and tourism. Travel and tourism organizations uh, tend to have contests and promotions where the prize is really big. It's like you win an island or you win and around the world cruise, right? Or you win, and I'm like, huh. So either you think that can't be true, or you think that's such a big prize, the chances of me winning have to be infinitesimally small. Mm And, and, and when you make the, the gambit, the experience too grand, what happens is it causes suspicion and it actually suppresses conversation because I don't want to recommend something to you as my friend if I'm like, there's no way you're going to win or I'm going to win. I'm not going to waste my breath on it, literally waste my breath. So you want it to be in this sort of Goldilocks zone. Your talk trigger has to be different enough to be noticeable and talkable, but not so big that it creates suspicion and lack of trust.
1: Hmm. So uh, there are, uh, and you go on into the book and you talk about the five different types of talk triggers, which I'm just going to list: uh, empathy, usefulness, generosity, speed, and attitude. We don't really have a whole lot of time for all that, but I want I wanted to ask you about two things related to the six steps, the process. And there there are six steps to follow when you're creating your own talk trigger. And this was, you know, I really this is the heavy lifting part of the book. Because it you is. really could have just said, well, here's our great idea. Good luck with that. Well, and, <laughs> and, and, and there are a
0: number of good books about word of mouth on the market, right? Contagious is good. Word of mouth marketing is good. Fizz from uh, Ted, who wrote our forward, is good. I yeah. mean, there's, I, I, could, I could name 10 good word of mouth books. But what Daniel and I wanted to contribute to the literature is a system you don't need us to we don't you don't need us to tell you that word of mouth is important i think we do it in a way that that is, is compelling and is relevant and is very very timely uh but but you don't need us to tell you that word of mouth is important what you need us to tell you is how to have a word of mouth strategy and that's what this book delivers and that's what most books haven't delivered yet um and and we're really happy about that and proud of that fact
1: yeah and it was really um it, it was very interesting. And there, there, so there are six steps to follow when you're creating your own talk trigger. And we can't go through all of them. But they are – I want to I want to state them because I want to go back to the first couple ones, which is um, gather internal insights. Yeah. The second is get close to your customers. And then it's create candidate talk triggers, test mm-hmm. and measure, expand and turn on, and amplify your talk trigger. And that's why I said, like you talked about uh, the, the burger place in Sacramento – um, they they went through some of this. The, the, all these examples you have, they really did iterate. They tested. All these things didn't just, they, they weren't all, none of them, I don't think were lightning uh, in a bottle. But the first two, uh, let's just talk about gather internal insights and get close to your customers. And I, I just, even if readers didn't pursue a talk trigger, <laughs> if they yeah. just do those first two it would have Make such, their business a, better. Oh, such a dramatic impact on their business. Can you talk a little bit about uh, gather internal insights and get close to your customer?
0: Yeah, we, we touched on this a little bit a, a moment ago that I, like marketers don't know their customers as well as they think they do mm-hmm. because they don't actually interact with customers. The people in your organization who actually know customers are in sales and customer service. Period. That's the list. That is literally the list.
1: And they play a big part in the process.
0: Yes, of course. Now, especially because a talk trigger is an operational decision. This cannot be something that marketing just goes off half cocked and does. It has to be something that everybody is in on because it's going to impact everybody, right? If you're going to make a chocolate chip cookie 75,000 times a day, that impacts a lot of people in addition to just marketing. Right. And, and even if you're going to even if you're skips, right, small business, you're going to uh, allow people to to win with this Joker game. Well, you've got to train everybody who who might ever work the front counter how to do the game, what the rules are, what the you know, what the edge cases are. you got to have cards around. You've got you know, there's just like there's just stuff right that has to be handled. So we call it in the book the triangle of awesome. And the triangle of awesome is your cadre, your committee, if you will, who is in charge of ideating and implementing the talk trigger. And that triangle is marketing, obviously, sales and service. And so what you want to do is before you start thinking about ideas is talk to sales, talk to service and get a handle on what questions and challenges and circumstances do they see over and over and over from customers, that that's some great raw material when you start thinking about how to stand out.
1: It's also a great way to develop content for your organization. And sure how to is. Develop content for your sales force.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, just just say hey, we do a thing right now in our company, Convince Convert, where we're trying to this year in particular align the editorial calendar on our blog and on our podcasts more closely with the work that we're doing on the consulting side of the business. We have run those as somewhat separate companies and and, and that was starting to bother me. So what we do now is every week, our consultants, our strategy team meets with the editorial team. And what the strategists do is every single time a client asks a question, they have to write it down in this special form. And then that form goes to the editorial team. Because if our clients, who are many of the biggest companies in the world, are asking these questions, I can guarantee you other people have the same question. So every time they ask a question, that becomes fodder for a blog post. It becomes fodder for a podcast episode. It becomes fodder for a webinar. Uh, and I'm really glad we've done that. And, it, and it's, uh, it's been terrific.
1: It's interesting. At the workshop that I did with Rebecca Geyer at Content Marketing World, they had a panel discussion with these uh, marketers who work for manufacturers. And uh, so Rebecca was leading the panel discussion and there were questions from the audience. But instead of um, me walking around like, you know, Phil Donahue, the older listeners will know who that is, <laughs> and uh, having people speak into the microphone, what we did is instead we had people just write down on big orange cards their questions. Well, and and then I was able to kind of uh, eliminate some of the duplicates and ask some of the ones that were really very pressing. <clears throat> I now have a stack of orange cards handwritten by people asking questions each one of these is going to become a blog post now yeah but i'm going to show the actual card because look people are really asking asking these questions Right, you're not making it up yeah it's not a right. pretend question i love right. that yeah take and a this, picture of
0: them put in that yeah.
1: yeah and then there's also the 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 hack uh got to make this practical um when salespeople, when they're answering questions if they're able to blind copy marketing people yeah. or have like content at Yourcompanyname.com. That yes. that start like if I'm answering the same question a second time, I want those marketing people to know about it because hey, there's some content in there that you could you could produce if you if you haven't already. So, um, a little bit more about getting close to your customers, though. I, I just yeah. you know it's 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 like what uh, David Newman um, he talks in his book Do It Marketing about uh, yes. what's missing, funky, broken, and sad. It's it's like what is it that's driving <laughs> them nuts? Yeah.
0: When you're thinking about a talk trigger, if you ask questions of clients like what what bothers you, what your trouble is, it is hard to connect those dots to a talk trigger. The better approach and the approach that we use all the time uh, on the consulting side of our business is we try to do three sets of customer interviews. So we take new customers long-time customers, and then lost customers. Mm. And we want to either have telephone conversations and or um, kind of digital surveys, uh, email surveys of, of those customers. And, and and we want to do a couple of things. First, we document all the customer touch points, the, the whole customer journey. So you know, first, uh, you, you called us, and then we called you back, and then we sent you a proposal, and then we had a meeting about the proposal or what have you, right? So you document all those things. And then at each of those touch points, What we ask customers or potential customers, lost customers, is what did you expect would happen Mm. at this point? Because when you gather all the expectations, now you're like, okay, they thought that we would email a proposal and that the proposal would be in PDF. That's what they thought would happen. Okay, well, instead, what if we took the proposal and turn the cover into a sheet cake, and the actual proposal is printed out, and it's underneath the cake. You have to eat all the cake to get the proposal. Mm. That's a talk. That's a talk trigger. I just literally made that up, but that's maybe I'm going to start doing that. But you see what I'm saying? So once you know, once you know what they expect, then you're like, oh, well, that's pretty perfunctory. We could do better than that. So when when you just ask customers, like you know what what bothers you. That's typically not going to help you with a talk trigger. It may help you with something else, but because a talk trigger isn't about being bothered, right? It's about defying expectations, right? It's about creating a conversation. Um, and and so what you want to do is take something that's very boring and turn it into something that's definitely not boring. One of my favorite examples, it's not in the book because it's very specific, is uh, speaking of uh, professional speakers, my friend uh, Jessica Pettit. Jessica's a terrific speaker on, on social justice and complex issues, and she has such a great talk trigger. When you just I'm laughing about it before I even tell you the story when you when you fill out the contact us form on her page she auto responds you and with a link and the link is a video that shows you it's her a video showing you how to fold a fitted bed sheet. Because with the elastic corners, folding a fitted bed sheet is like it bedevils many of us. It's and there's a, she's got this whole system of how you fold it and fold it. It's like it's like bedsheet origami. It's like a magic trick. And so she goes through this whole process of showing you how to fold the sheet. And then the end of the video is you just saw her fold a fitted sheet. Imagine what she can do for your event. Now <laughs> that is such a great talk trigger, right? Because you, you take something that is boring. Here's my autoresponder. Thank you. I've received your inquiry. We'll be in touch soon. And you turn it into a talkable, interesting, dynamic, conversational opportunity. Mm-hmm. So the, the great thing about talk triggers and one of the things that makes it so fun to work on in such a fun book is you take things that are boring and you make it anything but boring. If you walk into a restaurant and, and you're getting ready to pay, how boring is that? Here's my money. Here's my debit card. Well, or you could try and find a joker. You check into a hotel. They say, here are your keys. Uh, do I, can I have your credit card and your driver's license? Or we could give you a warm chocolate chip cookie, right? So what, what the best talk triggers are those that take something that is incredibly perfunctory and turns it into something talkable.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a, one of my favorite lines in the book. You talked about how basically people aren't going to tell you what your talk trigger should be. So don't expect that. And you say that the shadowy space between what a customer wants and what a customer really wants is the exact space where talk triggers often live. And I thought that was so interesting because you say that what, what doesn't surface in most surveys are the things that customers actually need. Because, yeah, it's just, it's just hard to, it's, people don't think that way, right? It, it really goes right. back to Henry Ford, right? Yeah, if, Henry if you Ford. ask people,
0: what do they want? You know, yeah, you know, they want a faster horse, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same idea. Uh, and, and, and we know this. We've learned this, Daniel and I, doing this kind of word-of-mouth consulting with clients. Because before, you know, we tried it the other way. Because as marketers, your natural intuition is, well, we'll just ask them what they want. Right. And we got crap. We got absolute crap. Like, just nothing usable at all. So now we do it differently. Now we say, what did you expect? Uh, because they know that. Like, they can answer that question rationally, reasonably. Uh, but it is interesting how different uh, you get sometimes when you ask short-term customers versus long-term customers. Like, there's there's some memory gaps there and expectation changes. It's kind of fascinating, which why we do it that way.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's – I, I... – I I think we should underscore one more time. You talk to former customers. And it's like in in Adele Ravella's book, Buyer Personas, she talks about talking to customers. But she said that if you can talk to a customer who considered your company but then didn't buy, she said those are gold mines of of insights.
0: And that's what we do. When we say say, um, lost customers, it's either people who are actually giving you money and then stopped giving you money. Or, and typically in B2B, people who got through the, the, the funnel and then, and then sort of got to, got to water but didn't drink the water, mm. both of those are amazing uh, opportunities.
1: Yeah. So, Jay, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it would be?
0: The number one lesson in, in the book is that conversation creates customers. And every single business can create those conversations reliably. You just have to do something different that people notice and talk about. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't a rocket launch. It doesn't require a tremendous amount of time or money. It just requires a commitment to doing something operationally every single day that people are like. Oh, that's really I've never seen that before. I need to tell my friends about it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you talk about Penn and Teller in the book, and this book yeah. was sort of like a Penn and Teller performance where they show you. <laughs> how they did their trick so uh are there uh any recent or upcoming books that you recommend or looking forward to reading
0: Oh, there's tons. Uh, You mentioned uh, my friend Shep Hyken's book, The Convenience Revolution. That'll be out uh, soon. Uh, Also, Scott McCain, who's another dear friend, has a new book coming out called Iconic, which is going to be spectacular, all about how the very, very best brands in the world transcend even being notable and become iconic brands. It's really, really good. Scott's a great writer, uh, and I'm looking forward to that one as well.
1: Terrific. So how best can listeners learn more about you and the new book?
0: The book is at talktriggers.com, all kinds of special stuff there for people who buy the book, all kinds of digital bonus content that didn't fit in the book. There's You can download a Talk Triggers presentation. We've got book club notes. We have all kinds of stuff in there, charts, graphs, supplemental research. It's, it's a treasure trove of stuff. Also, I should say real quick before we sign off here that the book itself has its own Talk Trigger. So in addition to being pink and having alpacas on the cover, the back of the book says these words, Douglas, satisfaction guaranteed. If you bought this book and didn't like it, go to talktriggers.com and send the authors a note. They will buy you any other book of your liking. And we will. That is our talk trigger. It is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't like it, I'll buy you any book you want. You want a first edition Bible? We got you covered.
1: I don't think you're going to get many... People take you up on that if they read it. Um, well, hopefully not. And thank you for saying
0: that. But uh, but you know we feel like hey, it's a book about word of mouth. Uh, that is our our uh, our nod to word of mouth. So talktriggers.com is how you find the book. It's available all the ways and places that books are available. Uh, obviously in print, audible, uh, written uh, read by Daniel and myself, uh, Kindle. It'll be in all the airport bookstores here uh, any any day now. So we're excited about it.
1: So there's no escaping it. Basically, there's literally no escaping it. Okay, just just uh, you know. Embrace it. So we'll include links to uh, your sites, uh, your LinkedIn profiles, your Twitter handles on this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And for the listener, if you're listening on your smartphone and you've subscribed to the Marketing Book Podcast on your podcast player of, toy, of choice like uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music. All these links can be found by going to this episode on your podcast player and clicking on the show notes. The name of the book is Talk Triggers, the Complete Guide to Creating Customers with Word of Mouth. The authors are Jay Bear and Daniel Lemon. Jay, thank you very much for coming back to the Marketing Book Podcast.
0: I got to start working on another one because I got to keep up with Schaefer. That guy uh, does nothing but write books. So thank you.
1: And that closes the book on episode 194 of the Marketing Book Podcast. For more, check out this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or other helpful resource for whatever situation you find yourself in, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat and I'll try to point you in the right direction. My name again is Douglas Burdett. Special thanks to our sponsor Blinkist. To support the Marketing Book Podcast and start your free Blinkist trial or get 20% off your yearly plan, visit blinkist.com marketing book podcast and please join us next time as we welcome mike adams to the marketing book podcast to talk about his new book seven stories every salesperson must tell and make sure to stay subscribed to the marketing book podcast because we've got a very very special guest joining us for the 200th episode thanks again for listening to the marketing book podcast